It is Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well. Let's see those eyes. How'd you do July 4th? Are you still with me? I had It was a darty, so we got to bed decently early, but those day hours, I definitely put the work mm. in, C-Rose, but we had a great time uh, full of friends and family and, you know, good eats and good times, man. Uh, I love our nation, and I love celebrating its independence. Day. How'd you do? Did fine. Did fine. Uh, chilled, watched a lot of baseball during the day, um, and then went over to my in-laws, which was, it's always a fun time. It was a good, good time to get together. Uh, Brady went out to a little high school party, so I stayed Ooh. up until he got home. You know. And yeah. what time is that? Yeah. What's the curfew at right now? Uh, there's not a curfew as long as he communicates where he is and what time he's coming home. Okay. It's nice, Dad. Well, that's, uh, that's what my parents did with me. And, you know, you couldn't get in touch with your parents back then the way you can now. <laughs> so, you know, he, he was good. He was home before midnight. So all, all was well. I just care right. that he gets home safely. That's it. That's it. Um, once again, baseball today presented to you by our friends over at Bird Dogs. They've got their stretch khaki shorts designed to a slimmer fit through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. I was just wearing mine the other day. Bird Dog shorts, they fit way better than those regular shorts that are made of stiff, restrictive cotton. Well, they fixed that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric. It looks just like khaki, but stretches so that you have a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And of course, we're now in the heart of July. What does that mean? Warm weather, sticky in a lot of parts of the country. Well, guess what? Bird Dog's got you covered there. They use this anti-stink sweat wicking fabric, keeps you nice, cool, and dry all day long south of the equator. So head on over to birddogs.com slash today for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. So you get great-looking shorts that are comfortable, have a great fit, and you get a Yeti-style tumbler. Just click on the link, birddogs.com slash today. You'll enjoy. And don't forget about our Bird Dogs question of the week. Get that in by Thursday night. If we use yours on Friday's show, you'll be rich, famous, and get a Baseball Today t-shirt. Before we get going with our five questions, we got a lot to jam in today. A tip of the cap to one Brett Kennedy. I did not know the name Brett Kennedy until Tuesday morning when he started a game for the Cincinnati Reds in our nation's capital. Pitched very well. His first MLB appearance in five years since he was last with the San Diego Padres. Ended up doing his work for a Reds rotation that is struggling health-wise and helped Cincinnati to its 18th win in 22 games. So a tip of the cap to him. That was cool, Blue. It was cool, and it's a very Cincinnati-like victory. I mean, he gave up, I think, four and runs in five innings. It doesn't matter when you bang the ball around like the Reds do. I got to get no that through my thick that. skull that the Reds are going to be okay no matter who is on the bump. Yeah, and you know what? We're going to be discussing them a lot, I think, on Friday's show because that's when they start that huge series with Milwaukee. So I, would, I wouldn't I would be shocked if that's your lead story come Friday. But today's lead story is about where we're going to be next week, Seattle and the All-Star Game. A lot of turmoil in the last 24 hours. Uh, Shohei Otani will not pitch. He left yesterday's start in San Diego with that cracked nail that has plagued him now his last two starts. We're not even sure if he's going to hit. Mike Trout. Broken handmade phone, definitely won't play. Wander, J-Rod, uh, George Kirby, Tucker, Bednar, they're all in. What is the biggest news now surrounding Seattle over the last 24 hours? Well, I, I like that J-Rod and Kirby are getting to the game 
whether like you think they deserve it or not, it doesn't matter. I like when home guys, hometown guys get to play at their stadium. I think it's a really cool thing for the fans, for them. So I like that. But I think uh, Wander Franco being included in, in the game is probably the biggest story for me because he deserves it so much. Second in the league as far as position player war with 4-3 right behind Acuna. And nobody is better than him in that statistic. And that's a, a pretty good one to be a, a, one of the leaders in. So I'm glad that he got in the game. Everything he does on the field is is electric. And I want to see him more on the national stage. I think once people get to watch him play ball, and I know he's had his issues, you know, you know, being a good teammate, quote unquote, and stuff like that. But watch the guy play and you're going to walk away very impressed. So I want to see him more on the national stage. And this is a time that he'll get to do that. I'm a little worried that Otani, we know he's not going to pitch, that he might not hit. And that's going to be a real bummer if he gets that all is. the way up there and the marquee player of the game. It's already, it's bad enough the judge and now Trout are definitely out. Now Otani, I mean, come on. That's going to be a tough one to swallow if that's if that's the fact. Now, can I go back on something? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, whenever any someone gets hurt, that just creates opportunity for other guys to shine. So we have some stars in this game that need to get some oh, shine. I mean, we've everyone's seen Judge, everyone's seen Trout, everyone's seen Otani. We love watching those guys play. They are our mega stars in this game. But I'm kind of excited to see like who shows out in this game. It's fun, man. Okay, that's fine. Um, I want to double back to the Seattle stuff. Okay, the J Rod stuff bothers me. It does. Yeah. And I know at the end of the day that it, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, my God, this is a travesty. It's not because it, it's not that big a deal, but it is a bummer. The guy has not had a good year. Um, he's a fantastic player, a lovable kid. I'm excited he's in the home run derby, but he took somebody's deserving spot here. And I know that you said it's not that big a deal. I think it is to guys like Alex Verdugo, um, probably. Leody Tavares down in Texas, who's had a phenomenal year. Both those guys have been eons better than J. Rod. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, no, I agree. Uh, on that regard, it is a big deal because you are, if you're a Verdugo or like you mentioned Tavares, like you want to obviously be in this game. It does mean something to guys, and it, so I I understand that. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. I just lost my train of thought. See Rosie. Well, I know that you said that you love it when get, the hometown guys, and there's I, no question, you know, it is cool. It's different, but then let's just come out and call it what it is. Let's just, the league should come out and just say, hey, listen, we're adding a hometown guy. Let, let's do it. Well, that's the, that was my train of thought. The league named him, right? Like the commissioner's mm -hmm. office, whoever the selection committee is, they name those two guys. I mean, that's exactly what they're doing. I wish they would be more transparent about it. Yes. Yeah. In the grand I mean, scheme of things, it doesn't matter that much. I want to. I would like to see uh, Julio in Seattle. He was doing the home run derby already. I forgot about that. So like that was kind of enough. You don't really have to put him in the All Star game. Maybe one of those guys that's more deserving should have been there. I, mm -hmm. Now I agree with that. Uh, but I do also, on the flip side, like when homegrown guys play at their stadium during the All Star game. I do too. It's a lot of fun. But usually when they're deserving of it. And he's yes. not. He's not deserving. He's if you not. go look at the video, when George Kirby got announced yesterday by Scott Service in the, in the clubhouse, everybody was fired up and excited. And yes. And then they, he mentioned Julio. And everybody was like, hmm. Like, this is kind of interesting. <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know. All right, let's move on. Um, although I do want to say this before we get out of here on the all-star front. 
kind of a cool tip of the cap to David Bednar, the Pirates closer who made it when Clayton Kershaw had to pull out because of injury. They were playing each other yesterday, the Pirates and Dodgers. And so Bednar sent over some of uh, Pittsburgh's finest beer, a get well card, and hope you enjoy this. And I appreciate you giving me your roster spot. So did he just have that beer with him? Is he traveling with that beer? I guess that's my question I'm, here. Because they're in LA, you know I'm right? Find out, yes, I'm going to find out today because I'll see him. I'm doing a, uh, a in-person podcast with Hedges. So I'll try and find Bednar. Love that. He stole some strikes last night. We watched the end of that game. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Hedgy did it. He did it. Okay, speaking of the Dodgers, uh, kind of a rough 4th of July for both Los Angeles teams. The Angels and Dodgers each lose. They also lost key players. We've talked about Otani already. We now know that Trout is going to be out anywhere between four and eight weeks, it sounds like. Rendon fouls a ball off his shin. He was on crutches. For the Dodgers, Dustin May is going to have Tommy John's surgery again for the second time in the last three years. Uh, with May, though, I want to focus on this part of the equation. Was his return a luxury or a must for the L.A. Dodgers that they will have to replace via trade now? I think it was always a luxury. As soon as they placed him on the 60-day IL, you kind of understood, like, look, this is going to be a, a toss-up whether, A, he pitches this year, and B, like, how effective he could be. We, I mean, he, when he's right, he's so nasty. So you obviously want to have him in this rotation. But, like, the Kershaw being on the IL thing, I think, is more smoke and mirrors than we're when we're – then we're giving it credit for. I think like this is just a really good time for him to get some time off with the break, miss one start, have the all-star break. I think he'll be okay. So when you look at that and you have Kershaw and you have Urias and you have Gonsolin and then two of the young guys, most likely Sheehan and Miller, like that's a pretty good rotation. Now, could they go out and get help? Sure, because the other guys behind them, who has it been? It's been Grove and, and Stone, Michael Grove and Gavin Stone. They have haven't pitched that well. And you'd probably want an upgrade over them for this season. I think there's still plenty of chance for them to be good starting pitchers in the big leagues. Um, so I think it was always a luxury, but you've kind of convinced me now that they're probably going to go after a starter. I was on the bullpen train and these guys have enough and the depth has come up and done just fine. But I think that with where they're at and how they understand how the season will go, I think they might make an upgrade to the starting pitching uh, spot as well now. They're going to. I think they're royal. They're going to, and I think they're going to have to. Um, young guys and innings limits and things of that nature. Yeah. That stuff all scares me down the stretch. And let's remember, against the Padres in the divisional round last year, a team that won 111 games, they felt like they were one starter shy. That they were one starter shy, even in that great season. And I don't think that Andrew Friedman and the rest of his brass is going to want to be caught that way again. But you pair it down to the four starters in the playoffs, and like, gosh, those top three for me, I think, are reliable. You can go as long as everyone is healthy, you know, come October. What I mean, what are you going to get that's better than Sheehan or Bobby Miller right now? I mean, you there's guys out there, but they're going to cost a bunch. And now you go, you play that game, Not like, where's the value there? Where's the value here? Are they going to be this much better than these guys that we have already? Can we upgrade somewhere else? I think there's a lot of work to be done uh, with the front office and, and which way they're going to go. They have some some thinking to do, for sure. When you are um, as good at drafting and developing as the Dodgers are, you can pull the trigger on deals. Yeah. And you know what? We, you have to have the confidence that, 
hey, we don't like trading these young players, but we can do it again. We got to draft a couple days away. And so that's the way they have to look at it. They have, we know that the, the baseball playoffs is such a crapshoot. The two of us understand that. We really do. But you have to give yourself the best opportunity. Sure. And I'm not sure that with that many young arms, when you get to the playoffs, you know how much more intense it is. You know how much better the at-bats are, where guys are consistently fouling off and pitch counts are getting driven up. And starters who you thought were going to give you maybe five and a third end up giving you three and two-thirds. So now you have to figure out how to get an additional five outs. And I'm not so sure I want to run young guys out there that might be going on fumes in October and emotionally might not be ready for that moment. I want to make sure I've got a guy that has been there before. Now you said starter and reliever package, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. would you do like a Ronaldo Lopez, Lucas Giolito package? Totally. I do. I would even consider Joe Kelly, Lucas Giolito. I'd bring if, if I were the Dodgers, you're familiar with Joe Kelly. You know, sure. you know how nuts he is. But you also know that his stuff at one point this year, I haven't checked out his last few outings, but he was ridiculous the way he was throwing. There's going to be names available, but, you know, yes. again, there's a lot of teams that need starting pitching and relief pitching. It's it's always like, what are you willing to give up? I'm well, that's curious. always the question. That's always the question. Uh, my question for you, do you love your dog? We rescued our little Sydney over a decade ago, and so we are treating her in her older years with as much love and respect as we did the day that we got her. And what does that mean? It means feeding her the best food possible. And that's where our friends at Farmer's Dog can lend a helping paw, if you will. They will give you more quality years with your pooch. Farmer's Dog makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. It is recommended by vets. It is nutritionally balanced and made from human-grade ingredients in safe, clean kitchen. The traditional dry and wet food options, okay, they're easy to shop for. I get it. But they are extremely processed. They use much lower quality ingredients than they claim to. They're not easy to portion out. You know, you grab a spoonful, you're like, is this the right amount? No, no, no. That's the beauty of the farmer's dog. They will actually send a questionnaire. You fill it out on your computer or your phone. You tell them about your dog. You tell them about the size. You tell them about the breed. You tell them about their activity level. And then they send you pre-portioned food. It is so easy. We keep it in the freezer. If we have to use some the, the next day or two, we put it in the fridge. It thaws out. And Sydney loves it. We took her to my in-laws last night for the 4th of July. We bring her home at 930. She ran right to the fridge. She's like, Make farmer go time. I mean, if she could talk, that's probably what she would have said. And she just devoured it. She loved it. So it doesn't matter how old or young your dog is. It's always the right time to begin investing in their health. And we want you to save some dough. You're going to get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash John Boy. Go feed your pooch today. All right. I'm wearing a Cubs hat because there was a fantastic finish. I want to tell you, John Boy's own... Yes. Ian Happ was un. But were you watching it live? He threw out two guys in extra innings. Did you see that? I didn't watch it live, but I watched the highlights of the game, and it was awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, Happer's doing his thing. Really, like and perfect including, throws. You know, perfect throws. Perfect man. throws. Yeah, yeah. He's an underrated left fielder, in my opinion. Um, he got a Gold Glove. He, yeah, he did win a Gold Glove. But I mean, you don't like when you think about left fielders. To be honest with you, you're like, oh, those are the guys that don't have the arms. They put them in left field. 
and he had a hose working last night. So it was really cool. So the Cubs end up getting a huge win and helping out the Cincinnati Reds, seven to six winners up in Milwaukee in 11 innings. But the best part of the day was Cubs skipper David Ross, who had all sorts of problems with the umpiring crew and the decisions that were going on with the stadium. Give a listen. I know it's not an easy job, but there's there's just there, there's some of the, the pitches that got called today just weren't even close. And so um, it's got to be better. You know, they're closing the roof to get rid of the shadows late. There's a lot of bullshit that went on today that just was really frustrating. I fucking thought it was horse shit. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Scale of one to ten, how good was Rossi's soundbite there? It was good. That's the inner ball player coming out in him. And he's not too far removed from, you know, being just a ball player in the dugout. So I think that's that's what it is. And, you know, it was interesting. A lot of things happened to get him fired up. There was – didn't they – the home plate umpire ring a guy up with two strikes – which started the whole Napoli meltdown, which started his thing. And the roof in question, that's interesting to me because, look, nobody wants shadows except for pitchers. Pitchers love shadows. Pitchers mm -hmm. love shadows. So when we have these, these holiday games where we're starting at these weird times and there are shadows, I mean, the hitters are just like, dude, what are we supposed to do? So for them, if I remember correctly or if I read correctly, they tried to time it so like the – Roof closed and the shadows were gone for the Brewers at bats. Right? Is that what that's happened? the way it? That's the way it sounded. It's hard to time it though because that doesn't just happen. You can't snap your finger and close right. the roof. So it's like, you know, it takes a good what? Probably like seven to ten minutes to close a roof. So I don't. I don't know if there was gamesmanship there or not. I think everything added together probably just made Rossi really upset after the game. Uh, but I love the interview and, and the candidness of it is fun. I, I, I think that, you know, we see the emotions from man managers are supposed to show their emotions. That's the whole point. They show their emotions. So you keep the rest of the club in the ball game intact. And uh, this one going off the rails a little bit's fun from time to time. This was a 15 on a scale of one to 10 for me. In yeah. fact, Dan, cue it up again. I might want to hear it one more time before we move on to the next topic. Um, he's been under fire a little bit lately. And if you read a lot of the fan base uh, of the Cubs, they're not happy. You know, this is their beloved Rossi who had a huge homers in the World Series in 2016 and was the guy that was mic'd up and he was the veteran soothsayer in the whole bit. Um, I think he's kind of on thin ice there right now. And so that was a bit of the frustration. Somebody does need to explain to us the rules about closing the roof. Because as long as there was no rain in the area, why the hell are we closing the roof during the game? Shadows. <laughs> the hitters. Oh, Kristen Yelich was probably like, hey, this sucks. Does he have a hotline to the roof? <laughs> Maybe, dude. I mean, I've been in that situation before where, I mean, never had a roof. But, you know, when you're playing and you can't see spin on the ball whatsoever and a guy throws a slider and you just can't tell at all, it's just so frustrating as a hitter. So. I bet you, I bet you that's what happened. I bet you there are a bunch of guys complaining about it and said, Hey, we'll we'll talk to the grounds crew and they can call up and we'll see if we can make it happen. And there was also one other play where Contreras hit a ball in the yeah. infield and was running on the inside part of the lane. We see this a handful of times. We saw it between the Nationals and the Astros recently. And you're supposed to run on the outside part of the lane, the last 45 feet toward first until you get to the bag. And 
he ran in, inside it, looked like the whole way. And I've been a baseball player my entire life. I still don't know that rule because guess what they teach you to do in that situation? Run on the inside part of the bag well, then so you can block the throw. I well, That's what they teach you because the umpires never call. Although this year we've seen that called a couple different times. This time it wasn't called. So it's like that's why they teach you that way. Because the rule is so you know vague and open to interpretation, I guess it's not. I don't know. Though. Well, it's it, not it, open it, to... it is though the way they call it. The way that I guess the way they call it, but it shouldn't. Yeah, be. I heard it. The way it's written, I understand actually, what you're saying. I heard it perfectly explained. I think it was Monday's game between the Rangers and the Astros. It might have happened. Might have been McCormick who was heading to first, and he was called out, and the Astros coaching staff was upset. And the Rangers broadcast, they were like, here's the deal. You have got to run the last 45 feet in that lane. And then the last step you can get toward the bag. But you have to get in that lane. That's just the way it is. So whether it's enforced that way, unless they were lying to us. Doesn't that really make do. no sense? Doesn't that make no sense? Can't we yes. just have the double bag on the on the foul, on foul ground and you just run right to that? Well, because you're allowed to run, let's say there's a play in between first and second and a ball is hit to the first baseman. You are taught in between first and second, you can correct me if I'm wrong, to run on the inside part of the lane so you're making the throw more difficult. For the you're taught baseman. that in pretty much every base, yeah. Get in the way of the throw, yeah. Right, all right. All right, let's move on. We're not discussing base running lanes here today. <laughs> Maybe we are. Um, were you more surprised that the Blue Jays announced that Alec Manoa will make his return to the show Friday against Detroit or that the Padres DFA'd Mr. 400 Home Run Club member Nelson Cruz? I'm probably more surprised about the Alec Manoa recall because it seems like it happened pretty quickly. And I do want to mention this because we talked about it on this show. He gets hit around at the major league level, gets sent down to the Florida complex league, has the one brutal start and everybody, every freaking news station that does sports caught onto that line and just wrote it and said, what's wrong with this guy? He's done. He's gone. And that was the story. That was the headline. But what did we say? We said, Hey man, you never know. It's hard to pitch down there. He was working on things. We need the whole story. How come nobody talked about his second rehab start? With double A, where Some he went, did. I, I mean, barely. He struck out 10, allowed one run over five innings. Nobody talked about that. You want to know why? Because that doesn't sell. And I hate that, man. That's like the worst part about being in like the media game is like nobody wants to talk about the good here. Like he had a great start. He made some mechanical adjustments. Schneider says he's fired up to come back. Like I'm rooting for this guy to come back. And be a help for the Blue Jays rotation. And I feel like other people should too, man. Like we brought this guy up. We tore him down. Like let's give some credit to a guy that is clearly struggling. Whether it's mentally, whether it's mechanically. Had to go down, you know, eat some humble pie. But then pitched well and now he's going to be back up, man. I, I just, I like it and I'm happy for him. So I, I didn't know it was going to be this soon though. I'm shocked it's this soon, to be honest yeah. with you. Very quickly on the Nelson Cruz stuff. This is more of a – because he wasn't terrible. It wasn't like he was hitting a buck 85 with two homers. He was, like, hitting the 240s with five. Problem is they basically have two older elder statesman DHs on that team, one right-handed in Cruz and one left-handed in Matt Carpenter, who hasn't been very good. 
Carpenter, though, gives him a little more flexibility. He can play first if you need him to. Uh, you can't have both those guys, just the way rosters are built these days. Um, I, do you think Nelson Cruz is going to land another job? I do. I think so. I think yeah. so. I always talk about veteran leadership and what a guy like that can bring as far as just helping guys with routine. You hope you get something out of him as well, like as far as results, but even for a, a team to bring him in and just say, Hey man, like we just come help us. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I don't know where though. Um, do you have a, do you have an idea of where you think he'll go? I don't know who would need a right-handed sometimes DH pinch hitter type in the second half. I, I have to sit down and think about it. I, yeah, I haven't looked at the rosters closely enough, but I do want to focus on Manoa. When I saw that break yesterday, I was shocked. I really was. Maybe they want to get him in one time before having another week plus off against a weak hitting team in Detroit. And maybe they say, OK, we, this is the best we can do with kind of softening his return. But I questioned whether or not he was going to return at all this year. Yeah. So I am, I'm shocked. I know that they've basically been going four-man rotation and bullpen on that fifth day. So they need an arm. But, man, this is a fragile situation that I'll be watching closely on Friday. It's difficult either on the pitching side or the hitting side to be so good and then to just be so bad. Like there clearly was stuff going on that he had to work through, whether it was just mechanically or, you know, I mentioned mental stuff like that. So... I, I like don't expect him to go up there and struggle like he did before. Now, is he going to have some ups and downs? Sure. But I, I feel like he's going to be more of the pitcher that he was than the pitcher that he was at the beginning of this year. That and sense. we'll talk more about his start on Friday's show, about what we expect to see out of him, what is deemed successful, all that sort of stuff. I'm just saying I was I was surprised. Like my eyes opened. I went, hmm, that was really interesting. But I am rooting for him. Um, you know that there are some people out there that are not rooting for him, and that's certainly up to them. I I don't think it's nice, but whatever. You're allowed to do it. Uh, today's episode, Baseball Today, sponsored by these guys on over at Shady Rays. I want you to take on the sun with gear that is built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades at a very affordable price. Shady Rays offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair out there. They got durable frames, extremely clear optics, like I could see that forgotten rotten hat that Ploof is wearing, the floppy ball and play gear right now, and it looks pristine on that handsome dome of his. Guess what? That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in the history of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. So, Ploof, what does that mean? That means if you lose them, if you break them, if you sit on them with Chris Rose's fat ass, they will replace them right. with no questions asked. That's right. You don't even have to pick <laughs> up the phone and say, you want to hear my terribly sad story about what I did to my shady rays? They're going to go, nah, new pair. Nah, brah. Your way, Mr. Rose. Nah, brah. That's right. They'll be there in the next couple of days. And that way you can look as crisp as possible. Oh, by the way, exclusively for our listeners, shady rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Head on over to ShadyRays.com. Use the code word TODAY. You're going to get 50% off two-plus pair of polarized sunglasses. Go take care of your eyes with the sunny summer in full swing, courtesy of Shady Rays.
Finally, before we get out of here on the podcast and the YouTube side, an awesome story involving Andrew McCutcheon and his return to Southern California this week. Uh, he was reunited with two kids that you may remember from the 2015 season, wearing their Pirates gear down at Petco Park after a big Buccos win. Kutch came over, gave them the gloves, the batting gloves. Those kids went deep. They're like, yes, I love you. I love you. I love you. Well, these kids, they're not all grown up, but uh, Christopher McCreary is now about to turn 21. Elijah McCreary is 17. They ended up uh, meeting him through the Pirates broadcast team. Robbie, I hooked him up, and Kutch got a chance to meet him again in person on the field. How cool was that? I love it. Is this Robbie Insmikowski? He hooked this whole thing up? Yes. Love oh, yeah. You, used to, love yeah you know yeah, from yeah. the Twins days. Yeah. Um, no, this is so cool. And this is why Kutch is beloved, like, you know, amongst fans and players. And everything. He does things the right way. Even just what he did back in the day, giving those gloves, knowing that that's going to make someone's day, month, year. Uh, and then rekindling it like this is really cool. And those boys are big. Yeah. They grew up. Okay. Yeah. That's really and a really, really cool story. I love that. Were you ever, real quickly, last minute, were you ever starstruck by somebody when you were younger or like when you first did something? Uh, if you got drafted and you went to Target Field for the or the dome for the first time, whatever, was there a starstruck moment for you? Oh, uh, you know, my one of my first big league camps, they call you over for the day and they give you number 99 to wear. That was, I, I remember that day very vividly, walking into the big league clubhouse being like, oh, shit. Because at that time, the Twins were running through the division. They were good, big names. Um, and then there was, right after that, I almost faced Randy Johnson. I think I've told that story on here before. I was on deck about mm -hmm. to face Randy Johnson in, like, my first ever, like, big league scenario. And uh, luckily, he they pulled him before I had to face him. But I was scared and starstruck all at the same time. Scary, uh man. I hear you. First time for me, I actually had a chance. I worked three summers for the Cleveland Browns as a ball boy. This is when the Browns were great in the 80s. And I'm heading into my senior year in high school. So that was my summer job, which was amazing. And I walk into the Browns locker room for the first time ever. And there's Bernie Kosar's nameplate. And there's Hall of Fame, eventual Hall of Famer, Ozzie Newsom. And there's Clay Matthews. And I'm walking in there. I was like, literally like my mouth. Fell. I was like, oh my God, this is my favorite team. And I get to work here. And if that was pretty cool. First pretty cool. I saw that. That's really yeah, cool. Stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, we are back at it again on Thursday. We're going to try for 1130 a.m. Eastern, 830 a.m. Pacific. If you want to join us live on the AMP app and uh, contribute to the conversation. For our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rohr, and the always entertaining Trevor Plouffe, I am Chris Rose. We will see you Thursday on Baseball Today.